Hey, welcome to 514 Church. Welcome to everybody that's watching online. This is uh, week three of Chase the Light. And I want to shout out to the high school students. You guys awake? You guys okay? We just sent 65 students on a high school retreat, first ever. And I know they had a great time. And uh, I'm just glad you guys are here. I know uh, what you guys talked about this weekend. I know what you guys learned. Um, but what I could never fathom is just the life change and the things that are going to happen from this moment forward. You, some of you, most of you, if you listen to what happened and you accept it, you have an amazing new journey in front of you where you're walking with Christ. And it is, it's, it's incredible. And we're so excited. And I have to tell you this. Um, seven years ago, I had this crazy idea that I was supposed to, to start a, a local church. And I want to tell you this, and it, it scare, might scare some of you off, and, and that's probably the, the best thing. But I actually thought for a second, what if there was a church that only high school kids were allowed to go to? And I went and shared that with some of my, like, really wise friends, and they were like, that's a dumb idea. <laughs> and I'm thankful they said that. But the heart of that idea and the heart of that, that, that's us. We want you guys to have a place where you belong, and we want to be able to communicate with you and connect with you so that we can connect with everybody. And uh, aren't we so glad that these high school students are part of our church? It's awesome. So cool. So many life-changing things happen on a retreat weekend, on a camp trip, at a small group, at, at church on Sunday morning, and, and, and so we're just glad you're a part of it. In this series, I'm talking about how God is light, and in him there is no darkness, and that we have this amazing experience and opportunity to chase him. And the reason that we chase him, I talked about in week one, is we chase the light because the light chased us first. In other words, we love because we were first loved. And to say that is one thing, but to understand that the God of the universe who doesn't need us, but who wants us, truly wants a relationship with us, desires to have a relationship with us, that he chased us, when you start to take that in, it changes you, and you start a pursuit for God. And the scriptures use God and light synonymously, that God is light. It talks about how God is light, and that means that only good comes from God. So the light is all good, it's pure, there's no darkness in light. And so if God is anything like the sun, then we know in him there is no darkness. And so no matter how you live your life, no matter what you're going through, no matter the pain, no matter the problems, this was week two of Chase the Light, everything that is good comes from God and everything else is not God's fault. God is good all the time. He is good. And so if you missed those two weeks, you want to go back on our app or on the website and watch those things. And speaking of 21 Pilots, isn't it so fun to have Tyler here? And, and, and I got to tell you, it's one of the coolest things uh, at 514 Church, and maybe you're visiting or you're new, but Tyler used to be um, a worship leader here. He was a paid staff member uh, and an intern, and when he first started here, he was catering. And, uh, I mean, it's cool. What I remember at the first sold-out LC show for 21 Pilots, I remember sitting there and going, you know what? For all of us that get to kind of be close to the 21 Pilots thing, it's probably, for most of us, um, the coolest experience we're ever going to get to see, to see someone that's so stupid as Tyler that gets to, like, go to the top. I mean, the guy is, was in Rolling Stone magazine, if you didn't read. I mean, he, he's really having a lot of success, but it's so cool. I've just never been that close or had a relationship with someone that went from just, just you know, like the rest of us to one of the most 
he is one of the most talented and most successful musicians in the world right now. Is that incredible that we get to be a part of that? Like, and he's still the same, he's still the same guy, but his life is obviously different, and it's just cool that we get to be a part of that, and I'm just thankful that he just, you know, takes the time to just, honestly, I think David texts him an idea every other day, and, and it is annoying, and then finally he's like, okay, I'll do something just to shut everybody up. Um, but thanks, Tyler, for being a part of this. Um, uh, when I think of 21, there's one word that just comes to my mind. It's not 21 pilots. There's another one. It's 21 cavities. When I was a kid, I had 21 cavities. I had an enamel deficiency in my first set of teeth. And I literally had a whole box full of teeth that were covered with, sil with silver. And I, caught, I kept them. Is that not the grossest thing in the world? Like, have you ever, have you ever like, seen or, 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 or like, heard of people that, like, cut their fingernails and toenails and keep them in a bag? I do that. Just kidding. I do not do that. Is that the grossest thing you've ever heard? But, no, seriously, I, I have kept, I kept, they're gone now. I kept, till I was, like, 17 years old, 21 teeth that were black and some white and covered with silver. And I've been ashamed. I was never going to say anything till about till now. Because there are, I think all of us have these things in our lives that, like, we think they're cool, but they're not, and they're gross, and we keep them kind of tucked away in this dark place, and if we're honest, we're not really going to bring those up or talk about those things. But here I am today to tell you that I'm, I, I had this, like, weird, dark thing with my teeth, and I was like, oh, I should get rid of it, oh, but it's cool, this silver. And for some reason, I thought I could, like, melt all the silver one day and create a necklace. I don't wear necklaces. Like, I don't know what my problem was. But we all have these things, I think, that we kind of hide away, that maybe we might be proud of a part of it, but it's also dark and nasty and bad and not, not, not something that we want to have everybody know. And uh, I think that that is, is just part of the human experience. I think we all go through times and seasons where there's some darkness in our life that we hide away and no one knows about it. It's one of the reasons that I love um, my favorite fully animated Disney film uh, is because it's all about darkness and light. It's all about having a hidden life and then kind of it, it kind of moving into the light. Everybody knows that my favorite Disney movie, if you don't know this, this could be the reason you never come back, my favorite Disney movie is Mary Poppins, all right? I'm unashamed of that. I know every word. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. I mean, I could just sit up here and, and wear you out and do the whole thing from the very beginning and sing and do a couple little dance moves, and it would be fun. It'd be a jolly holiday for me. Um, but I love that movie. But when it comes to the animated, full animated features, um, I was the guy that got, like, heavy into who didn't love, like, Aladdin. I mean, right, amazing. I can show you the world, shining, shimmering, splendid. That's the only time you could ever use that word. <laughs> Splendid. Over, sideways, and under on a magic. I can go on and on. One step ahead of disaster. You're quick, but I'm much faster. I mean, I just go, it just is so exciting. I love those movies. I love, like, once Pixar and Disney got together, I love The Incredibles, Toy Story 1 and 2. Toy Story 2 is my favorite. But there's a movie that they made that is my favorite um, full-length animated feature of all time, and I think it should have won Best Picture. I think it should have been nominated. I love this movie, and some of you might have missed this movie, and if you missed this movie, you should go back and watch this movie. It's my favorite animated feature, and it's called Ratatouille. Raise your hands. Yeah. Ratatouille, my favorite one. It's this beautiful story of a rat 
a rat who lives with rats. At first he lives in an attic, then he lives in the sewer. And over time, this rat, he, because of his passions and desires, he decides to go up into the light, into the city of Paris, and he becomes this amazing chef. Because even though he's a rat, even though he's from the darkness, he has this dream that I think all of us have, that we could be something better than our, our context tells us we could be. And so what happens is Remy, he goes to Paris and he has this nose like you can't imagine. He can smell and he's a chef. And when he gets to Paris, he finally runs into this amazing chef named, Le it's actually not amazing, he doesn't know how to do anything, but Remy helps him and the two of them together at this four-star, five-star restaurant make this amazing food and have this completely different light, life in the light. And I think one of the reasons I love Ratatouille is because if I'm honest with you, I'm a rat. I had this moment where I, I, I thought, why do I love, why do I love, I'm really into movies. I'm a movie, I love movies. I'm like trying to catch up on all the nominated best pictures for the Academy Awards because honestly, guys, I gotta admit it to you, I like the Academy Awards night just as much as March Madness. I'm not afraid to admit that. Like, I'm like ready, I'm gonna be like, ooh, who's gonna win? And, and you might think I'm like doing a bracket, but it's not. It's like, I want Leo, go Leo. Like, I'm, I'm really into that stuff. And I think that, like, this movie, it represents me and it represents all of us because to a certain degree, we all start off in the darkness. We all start out kind of in the subterranean world. And I think that if we move towards God and we move towards what he has for us, which is the light, then something beautiful can happen for every single one of us. And so I just associate with it. That's me. I'm just like the rest of us. We're all kind of messed up, but if we move towards the light, maybe great things could happen. And so for today, what I want to show you is that Jesus Christ is the light. And when you move towards him, great things can happen in your life. And I want to show you how you do that and why you do that. Because as you move towards Christ, then you come into the light and the light exposes all the good, all the bad, and it gives you an opportunity to know who God is, know who you are, and ultimately move forward and do the most incredible things with your life. I mean, think about Remy. Think about Ratatouille. He's a rat. Could he ever be a chef at a five-star restaurant? No way. Unless he stepped out, unless he went up, unless he got towards the light, he would never have been able to experience what God had for him. And I know that it wasn't God, it was the animators of Pixar, but those were his gods. And I believe that every single one of us, if we step towards the light, then God has this amazing journey for you. He has an amazing experience, a human experience that he designed with him in the light to do more good in this world. Light is about good. Light is about God's best. If you move towards it, then more good can come from our lives. And who among us don't want to do great things? You see, one of the biggest problems that we have, especially when we start moving towards a relationship with God, we think that if we do good things, that that is the light. Do a bunch of good things. Uh, don't mess up. Tell the truth. 
be the best person you can be. You think, and we are trained to think that that makes us good or bad or that makes us in the light or not. But actually, what the scriptures teach is that we're all gonna do these bad things in the darkness, but God, he's the light. And if you move towards him from a relationship with him, from being in the light, you start to do good things. It's a major thing that we teach at this church is that God loves you first for who you are, not for what you do, and then when you move towards him because he chased you, you chase him, then you get close to that light, and that light starts to lead you towards doing the good things that he's called you to do in your life, and he's called me to do in my life. So what I want you guys to understand is, as you move towards the light, you will do more right. And I know that rhymes, but it's true. If you move towards the, the light, if you move towards Christ, if you pursue him, if you reach, then what will happen is he will show you and he will lead you and he will give you the opportunity to express the goodness that can only come from a life where you are matched up, working with God. And in, in the Ratatouille Ratatouille story, you have these two companions that together, they do so much good in the story. What if you, in the light, were matched and teamed up with God? What good things could you do? What, what could happen in your life? What could happen in the lives of the people around you? We will do more right if we chase the light. And every one of us want to do that. We want that good. We want that thing. We want that life that God has for us. So I want to tell you where Jesus teaches this principle. Uh, he's the one that set this out for us. As, as you grow in your relationship with God, you're just going to constantly go back to Jesus Christ and who he is and what he's done. And he is the one who said, the light is good. And it will lead to good things. And you can live in the darkness, but man, it is going to just mess everything up. I'm the light. I am good. I'm the way. I'm the truth. And so I just, as you are chasing the light, you are looking at the life of Christ. And you are trying and reaching for what he has for you. And one night, one of the most famous passages in scripture, in John 3, Jesus and a Religious leader during the time he was on earth have a conversation, ironically, in the darkness. It says that Nicodemus, he comes to Jesus in the middle of the night because he's trying to figure out what it means to have a relationship with God and who Jesus might be. And they have this amazing conversation where Jesus tells Nicodemus that you need to be born again. He says everyone's born physically, but in order to have the light of life, you have to be reborn again or born spiritually. That means that your spirit has to move into the light. Darkness is death, light is life. And so you say, Jesus, I wanna be around you. I want a life with you. I wanna give my heart to you. And when that happens, you're illuminated and God can bring so much good to you. And he says, God has done everything he can to make this plan of you having the best possible life available to you. And he goes into the most famous passage of all time. For God so loved the world that, and this is Jesus talking, for God so loved you, God so loved the world that he gave me, he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish in darkness but have eternal life. And he says God didn't send his son into the world to tell the world that they're bad and they can't do anything uh, to, to have a relationship with God. In fact, he sent them into the world to bring them life and bring them light so that they could have a, a new relationship with God where great things come from that. And he goes on, he says, if you believe in the name of Jesus, then you're saved. 
But if you reject Jesus, then you are condemned. That's what Jesus says. You believe in the name of Jesus, you're safe. You reject Jesus, you're in the darkness. You're in the darkness now, you're in the darkness forever. And then Jesus, what he does, is he has this moment here. He goes, this is how people are. This is what people are doing. This is kind of like divides the, the room. It's like there's kind of two types of people. And this is the kind of the baseline, the bottom line for this whole deal. And Jesus says, he goes, here's the verdict about the light coming into the world. He says this. He says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world. Light has come into the world. He's saying, I am the light. I am here. I am life, I am light. Jesus saying that light has come into the world is the same thing as saying when God created the world, the very beginning, that boom, there was light. You can't dispute it. He's going, I'm light, I'm here. It's for you. When he says this, light has come into the world, he's saying the opportunity for you to do so much good because of God's gift is ever-present. You could do great things with your life. You could have an experience that only God orchestrates and makes great. The light is here. The light has always been available to people from the beginning of time. Do you know that? In Genesis, the first book of the Bible, it talks about the people that first interacted with God. Those people had the light. They had an opportunity to have a relationship with God. As soon as they sinned, you can go back and read this, God gave them an opportunity to have all their sins forgiven. He basically covered them with the, the clothes and the skins of animals, which was the same thing as saying, I forgive you. I forgive you. I'm the light. I'll wipe away that darkness. I'll wipe away that sin. When Jesus says the light has come into the world, that's what he's saying. The light is here. Jesus is the light. There's dark and there's light. Jesus is here. It's real. It's available. And he says this, but people loved darkness. People loved darkness. You know what this is? This is Jesus saying, every one of us, we love our own little worlds. We love our own morality. He says, when people love the darkness, they're basically saying that they want to do life their way. The light came into the world, and the light is bright, and the light is beautiful, and it will change things. I'm going to talk more about that in a minute. It will change things. It will give you the best option. But so many people create a life for themselves that has nothing to do with God and they love it. And when he says they love it, it doesn't mean that they love it the way that God designed them to love and experience and sacrifice and give of themselves. It means that they love their own morality. It means that they created their own world of righteousness, that they decide if they're good or bad. People love themselves, they take care of themselves, they wanna live in the darkness and just be there. And he says, and the reason why is because their deeds were evil. They just love their evil deeds and their evil deeds make them feel good and they can't imagine the light coming and exposing those evil deeds. And man, it just, I don't want that. I don't want to get that type of discomfort that comes from light. You know, like in the morning when you just don't want to wake up and then pff, the lights get flipped on. Anybody have a parent that just turns the lights on too fast? Isn't that annoying? Yeah, all the high school kids, that's annoying. Like, it's just like, you know, the, the scriptures actually say that a loud voice in the morning is, a, is like, it's, it's basically called a curse. Because you know what it's like when you're in the darkness, you love your little 
cave that you create in your bed with 15 blankets and pillows and it's dark and if you're really weird you put foil over the window and you're just like in that space and you've been begging to move into the basement because there's no windows down there and you can sleep till four and it still feels like the middle of the night and you love that space and then someone comes and flips the light on it's like what I don't want I liked my darkness I liked my life and mom comes down there and goes, have you seen this bathroom? And it's like, no, because I never turn the lights on. That's what it's like. I mean, I remember if you were in college, like, you know that you don't want to turn the lights on in the shared bathroom. Because it is nasty. It is nasty. But if you don't see it, you love it. Dude, don't talk about my bathroom, man. It's fine. It's dirty and good. And I like it. And I don't want to clean it. You run them off from cleaning the bathroom. We get in this space where we love our brokenness. We love our own world. It's our way. We don't want the light to come in because it's uncomfortable and it, it exposes us. And that's not what we're here for. That's not what we want. And it's counterintuitive. Everyone who does evil hates the light. I hate the light. I don't want that, I don't want to see, I don't want, I just want to be in here. Isn't it funny, like, when you're in the darkness, you know there's studies out there that teach you that if you sit in the darkness for long enough, you actually can see in the darkness. And that's what we do. We get there to a place where we can see in the darkness. And so darkness is normal. And we just want to live in that and be in that. There are animals who can see at night. And we have some of those qualities and abilities. If we stay in the darkness long enough, then we don't have to ever have the light because we kind of create our own light. I've got my own vision, my own life, my own decisions that I make, my own, my own uh, way of thinking, my own morality, my own goodness. I've created it, and it's good. And if the light comes in, that's annoying because it's going to show me that my way isn't the best. People hate the light when they love their evil deeds. And they will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. Here I am in my darkness, in my world, and if the light shines on this, man, I might have to change. I might have to have a different life. But ultimately, God is saying, that light that I provide to you in your world will give you the best experience that life has to offer. This darkness is death. Jesus is life. He has it for you. And you go, I don't want anyone to see this. I don't want anyone to know. I don't want people to know that this is bad because at the heart of this sentence is this idea that eternity is written on everybody's hearts. And the idea of a true right and wrong, God has pre-wired us to understand that the world is full of good and full of bad. And we can feel it in our gut when we live with darkness and sin and brokenness we know it and we just don't want the light to show it so we just live in it and we just go I don't want anyone to know how bad this actually is Jesus is describing people's decision to reject him because they love the darkness but whoever lives by the truth comes into the light you understand the idea is that when you say, I want to follow Jesus, 
you move out of the darkness into the light. And the light is Jesus. And if you live by the light, then he starts to illuminate so that it may be seen plainly what you have done, so that it may be seen plainly. The light starts to show you who you are, who God is, good, bad, and it makes things clear. But I want to talk about the process because ultimately what we do is we think that nobody else can see the darkness that we're living in. No one else can see the sin. No one else can see the patterns that we exhibit. And what, what happens when we go into the light is God goes, see, I've been able to see your brokenness in the darkness the whole time. You didn't think I could. Now that you're in the light, I can see what you've done wrong, and I could see it when it was in the dark, and now you get to see. Now you get to see. You get to go through the process of living in the light, living with Jesus, and letting the truth be your guide. We love the darkness. We live in the darkness. In a sense, we're all like a rat. We're under there, we've created our own space, and we hate the light because the light shows how bad everything is. And God is sitting there going, I can see it all and I can help you through it. Darkness is something that overwhelms us and we just fall in love with. We fall in love with our own world. We like to create our own light. We like to feel comfortable. We like to do all this stuff. But here's, I want to talk about a couple things that darkness does. And ultimately, if you understand what darkness will do to you, and what I mean by that is not having Jesus in your life, when you understand what darkness does, then you will understand why it's very difficult for you and me to do the good things that God wants us to do. Because darkness makes everything more difficult in our lives. Darkness does a couple things. One of the first things that darkness does is it makes us fake. Makes us fake. You know what? You know why? Because a lot of us, we have these sinful patterns or these things that we do that we know we shouldn't do. And we don't want anyone else to know those things because ultimately we know in the dark, this isn't good. I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be thinking this. I shouldn't be saying this. I shouldn't have this idea. I shouldn't go to this place. I shouldn't say this thing. Whatever it is that you know, you're like, that's wrong, but I'm going to keep it under wraps so nobody can see it. We know, we know that no one will really think that that's good. And so we go and we project to the world a life as if the reality of what's happening in the darkness does not exist. And what that does is that makes us fake. That makes us, there's a realness over here. Here's who I really am. You know what it's like when things get really bad? Somebody kind of like the world, the wheels start falling off. And then it's like, oh, I didn't know that was happening. Oh, that's what was going on behind closed doors. I mean, do you remember the morning when it was like, I'm sorry, Tiger Woods was like he ran into this thing in front of his house and someone, someone, maybe his wife took a golf club and bashed in the window and all of us went, what is going on here? There's something going on. Now, I'm not going to say that, that that is any different than any of, of us at times because here we go. I got this broken system, way of thinking, way I'm living my life. Nobody knows it, which means I'm not really living the life that I truly am. And I'm not saying that if you have these things in your life that you're supposed to walk around and air your dirty laundry. But the reality is, is that when you live in darkness and you do dark things, you don't want anyone to know. So you live a life as if that's not true in front of other people. How many people just can't, I mean, sometimes we can't like put a finger on like what fake 
being, what really being fake is. But it's almost like when someone comes over here and they act like they have no problems. Right? I mean, you ever met someone just no problems? And you're like, come on, man. I got, I, I got dark spaces. I got fake. Come on. Come on. I know that's not real. I know that's not real. That's fake. Another thing that, that darkness does is it makes us comfortable. Which you might go, well, why wouldn't I want to be comfortable? You know, being comfortable is like the end of change and progress. And what happens is, is we build our own little worlds of things that shouldn't be, things that aren't good, things that you know aren't good, and we just become really comfortable. We just settle in, and we just coast, and we get comfortable. In any time in your life that you think, I've got it all figured out, I've got my own little world, I feel really comfortable, I don't really want to change, you need to be aware. You might have created this world that's comfortable to you, but is ultimately the opposite of what God has for you. Darkness makes us fake, makes us project something that's not real. It makes us get comfortable so we don't want to change. And whatever things at first we realize are wrong, we just keep doing those things. And the scripture actually calls it a seared conscience. What happens is at first, when we do something wrong, it burns and we know it. We're like, oh, I shouldn't do that. But then we just keep doing it because we love our deeds. Our deeds are evil. We just live in that, and over time, that burn, it doesn't hurt as much because it scabs over and you can't feel it. But you're still living in that. And when somebody peels back the layers, they go, doesn't that hurt? And you go, it did at some point, but I've gotten really comfortable with my brokenness. You ever met somebody walking through life who just is living in darkness and they seem to be totally okay with it? That's what darkness does. Another thing that darkness does, and you might find this in yourself, kind of go, if you're trying to identify, is it makes us critical. It makes us, first of all, it makes us critical of ourselves because what happens in the darkness is dark stuff. And here's what I mean by that. Lies and the enemy creep into the darkness. There is a real power in the world who is the devil, who is what the Bible calls the father of lies. And when you live in the darkness and you don't move towards Jesus, he invades that space. And the first thing that he does is the Bible says that he's the accuser of the brethren, which means he picks you up by your collar and says, you are worthless. And so in darkness, in sin patterns, depression slips in and people hear things that are lies. They have no light. They don't have the truth. So everything they're hearing and experiencing is their reality. And their reality is saying that they are worthless because in the dark, the enemy is going to say it over and over again. You're not important. You're not good enough. God doesn't love you. This is the pattern of the darkness. Fake comfortable, critical. We not only get critical of ourselves, when we're in the darkness, misery loves company. So what we do is we just start to point fingers at everybody else. We just go, oh, I got it bad. Well, I'm not, I'm not more, I'm not worse than the person over there. Look at their darkness, look at their darkness, look at their darkness. And it's methinks thou dost, dost protest too much. A little Shakespeare for you there. In my own messed up way, I'm sure I said it wrong. But why, man, why are you so defensive? Why is everybody else the problem? Why is everybody else at fault? Why are you constantly pointing the finger all around and not actually like understanding that there's some good, some bad? Where, where's the balance here? Darkness. Critical. 
Everyone else is the problem. I got my problem. I'm not going to let them see it. I got mine. They must have it too. Let's take all the attention off of me and on them. Actually, it's what happened in the very beginning. As soon as Adam and Eve sinned, you can go back and read this. As soon as they sinned, they started to blame one another. Critical. Someone else's fault. My problems are someone else's fault. This is a common thread that happens in darkness. And here's what God has for us in the light. God has something beautiful for you in the light. You see, if you chase the light, then you will do what's right. Then like, you start to have this new experience, and it will all come from him illuminating everything by you being close to Jesus. Here's a couple things that the light make us do. The first one is the light makes us authentic. It makes us, it makes us real in a sense. You see, the darkness is fake. We hide. We, we, we do our own thing. We don't want people to know. But when we come into the light, we have this sense of balance. And it makes us authentic. You ever met like an authentic person? Like someone who you're just like, that person, like they're balanced. Like they, they, they're confident with what they're good at and they're, they're, they're proud of that. But at the same time, they know they have a lot to work on. And they just understand that, you know, nothing's really black and white. They just, they're authentic. They know they got, like, work to do. And they just, they're just authentic. They're, they're not afraid to say, I messed up. They're not afraid to say, I did it right. They're not afraid to say, you know, I've gotten some things figured out. They're not afraid to say, I need to figure some things out. Authentic. An authentic reality is what happens when you become a follower of Christ. You realize he illuminates everything. He says, now this is bad, and this is good. Now, this is bad, and this is good. Now, you just need to take all this in. It, it, it's the idea of having your eyes wide open. Having the light means you get all the information. If you're over here in the darkness, you don't know. You made your own light. You're looking at your own thing. You think it's good. You're fake. You're being critical of everybody else. You're totally comfortable in that. And over here, it's like, oh, so that's the truth. Yeah. And it's very, very hard to live in the darkness around a bunch of people that have the light. Because they go, uh -uh, mm -mm, nope, mm -mm, you don't get it. That's not right. That's not good. That's not it. That's not it. But when you get in the light, you become an authentic person. God starts to show you, all right, here's who you are. You got this going on, and you need to grow here. You got this going on, and I want you to do some more steps here. You never would have learned this if you weren't in the light. And if you and I agree on what we see, now you can become the most authentic version of yourself. One of my favorite coaches is... Um, I have to say this, it's, oh, is Nick Saban. Sorry, and I know that that's like a curse word in Columbus, Ohio. But one of the things I love about Nick Saban is he never is satisfied. This guy has won five national championships. He is the modern day best coach of, you know, of all. Besides Urban Meyer, which, he, I mean, we should have won another one this year. But, I mean, that's beside the point. There can only be one best. So I guess it's Nick Saban. Five national championships. You know, there's a story I heard right before the national championship. Nick Saban, when he won his last championship, when the confetti was falling down from the sky. I mean, guys are putting on their T-shirts, and they're, like, just engaged in the whole deal. The confetti's falling down, and he pulls a three-by-five note card out of his pocket and takes notes. It's like, dude, aren't you going to celebrate? And part of me is like, that's just part of his personality. He's a system guy. But if you talk to Nick Saban, he looks at things broadly. He goes, our team has a long way to go. We could get better at this and better at this and better at this. And I guarantee if you sat down with him and he scored the football game between Clemson and him, he would go, man, we lost in a lot of areas. Where a lot of us would just go, it's all fine. We win. We won. Come on. He's like, no, no, no. We did win. 
there's a time to celebrate, but we got a long way to go. Authentic. Someone that has everything right all the time is not authentic. Someone who has everything wrong all the time is not authentic. The light shows us both, brings us into a, a more true reality. The light shows us our wrong and God's right. You see, that's what it does. It shows us, oh, I'm a sinner. Oh, but God saved me from my sin. Oh, I'm broken. Oh, but God fixed me. He put me back together. Oh, I'm crushed. Oh, but God, he like rearranged me. Oh, I'm like dead. Oh, God made me alive. That's the point of the light. He goes, I'm bringing you in here. Not just to show you what's wrong with you, but to show you how much I love you and to show you how much I did for you. If you're in the darkness, you won't experience how good God is and what he's done for you. You think he wants to bring you in there just to point out the wrong? He goes, oh, this is broken, but I'm glad you're here in the light because now you can see. I wiped away all your sin. When you see you in the light, you see perfection because you understand that your brokenness has been forgiven, that your sins have been wiped away, and you see it as it truly is. Whoa, this was me without him. God has done so much. Thank you for the light. Another thing it does is the light makes us uncomfortable. I can just go on and on and on about the light making us uncomfortable, but here's the, the, the way that you've heard this put, been put before is this. Truth hurts. But if you are gonna grow in any area of your life, you are gonna have to get uncomfortable. If you are gonna grow in your finances, you're gonna have to get uncomfortable. You're gonna have to bring someone in, shed light on the situation and go, what do I need to adjust? Oh, this is uncomfortable. It'd be a lot easier just to ignore that anything is going in, that anything's coming out. If you wanna get better in your relationships, you're gonna have to bring in the light. You're gonna have to bring in the truth and go, okay, now I gotta change this and I gotta do this. Oh, that's work. If you're gonna do better at eating, you're gonna go, hey, what do I need to eat? I gotta stop eating this. I gotta start eating this. If you're gonna get better at working out, you gotta bring in and go, okay, what do I have to do to get uncomfortable? The epitome of being uncomfortable is Jesus Christ on the cross. The truth in the flesh going, I, I, I am here for you. And because of this brokenness, I will do the uncomfortable thing to fix it. I will die for you. I would be leading anyone astray if I sat, you know, you, you follow Christ and this can be comfortable, cozy, good all the time. Actually, a life following Christ, man, it's bright, it's honest, it can be difficult, it can be uncomfortable, it can be lots of growth, lots of pain, lots of trials, lots of all of that, but it's real and it's true. And from those moments of God shedding light on your life, the best life comes. The life he has for you is in those moments that you detach from the brokenness, that you detach from the, from the emptiness. That's when you grow. It's hard, but it's worth it. The other thing about being uncomfortable, and I can go on and on about this, is that God, when you come into the light, he's going to say, now it's your job to be the light. And you go, oh, I don't want to be the light. Now it's our job, when we're in the light, to then go and be light for other people and help them find the light. I'm going to talk all about that next week. You're not going to want to miss it. Last thing, the light makes us connected. The light makes us connected. It makes us 
connected to God. You know, you, you and me, like, we're, we're designed to be connected to God. We're designed to be in a relationship that's real, that's, that, 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 that's constant. You're designed to be connected. You're designed to be talking, walking, living. God wants you to know that whatever brokenness you've had in the darkness, man, he's wiped it all away. He's put it all together. He wants you to see in the light that he's made everything right between you and him. He's made it all fixed. He's put it all together. He wants you to love and walk with him. The other thing that being in the light does is, is as if you are alone in the woods looking for a, a place to just rest, a place to find warmth, a place to find the light. You find off in the distance some fire and you move towards that light and as you get around that campfire in the middle of the woods, you see there's a bunch of other people who are there as well. And when we talk about being in the light, we talk about going there with other people who are in the light and connecting with them. You know, in the darkness, you don't really connect with people. You're critical of people. You push people away. You, 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 you cover your, your world and make it safe for you. When you're in the light, then other people are like, man, I've experienced the same thing. This is why we believe in small groups so much. Because it's like, can we get some overlap here? I, I've talked about this before. The truth is found by two, not just you. And part of the light is God will use other people to show you truth. He will bring himself into your life. He will bring other people into your life. Nobody wants to go through life alone. Living a life with Christ brings the people that are also on a journey around you. Makes us connected. And from all of that springs forth the behavior that God has for every one of us to live out this light. Kind of like a rat that came out of the, the sewer and said, you know what? I'm going to find what God has for me, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to put myself in the light, and I'm going to experience the best that God has for me. This week, I was sitting in my office, and uh, someone walked right through the door. So walked right through the front door of our offices and walked right into my office, just opened the door and stepped right in. There's a friend of mine that I hadn't seen in like six months, and I could just see the look on his eye that he was just, a mess. And I actually joked with him. I, he's like, so what drug are you hooked on? And I made, made a comment, and he goes, no, it's this one. And he sat down with me, and he said that for the past six months that he's been strung out on drugs, that he spent $900 a day, that his family almost fell apart, in some ways has, that his daughters got sick at a time, and he just told me the story of brokenness. And he said, Joel, over the past four months, I've been up all night long. I've been strung out, just waiting for the next high. And every moment that I had, when I could just think clearly a little bit, all I could think was, I got to get back to 514 Church. And he actually said to Joel, that's what he said to me. And Wes and I, we took this guy and we said, let's go get coffee. And we just sat with him and we listened to his whole story. And we just said, we love you. We want you here. Come be a part of 514 Church, a city set on a hill. You know the 514 Church is, it's the light, right? We're the church. 
We're, the, we're this group of people, it's this strategically placed light where people that are in darkness are all over the world. They're going, I got to find it, 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 I got to find it. And we get to be that. And we get to be first someone who says, I love you. You are loved. Let's shed some light on the rest of this. Now, I promise you that if this person stays around the church, that if we connect with him, that if we shed some light, that the best days of his life are in his future. That the things he wants to do for his family will happen. The things he wants to do for his personal life will happen all because of chasing the light. Where are you? It's easy to put a stark example, but a lot of times we, we're in the darkness and we have dimmers and we kind of have compartmentalized dark rooms and light rooms and it's a little more sophisticated than just this. But maybe this morning you could, you could just take a moment and take that, that thing, that piece that you know is darkness, it's wrong, and say, God, please, please, I wanna put this in, in light of you. And maybe you just go to him in this prayer I'm about to lead you and just say, God, this right here, this is dark. Show me the truth. I wanna be real. I want to be open. I want to be uh, uncomfortable. God, if you got to make me uncomfortable to grow, I'm willing. So let's just take a minute and let's pray. You guys can bow your heads. God, this morning we come before you with darkness and brokenness, and, and we all have these pieces in our lives that we need you to shine light on. Some of us, we know the truth, and we've just been rejecting the truth. We just haven't done the things that come from that truth. And some of us right now, there's something welling up inside of us. It's this, this thing that was in the darkness is becoming clear that it's bad. It's, it's, it's hurting us. It's hurting the people around us. I pray, God, that we would just call that what it is, that you would just, in the name of Jesus Christ, just shine your light on that thing so we can see it for as it is and understand that you meet us right there, that you love us right there, you forgive us right there, and that you have this new life for us in the light. We want to be close to you and take all that you have to offer us. We love you so much. Change us from this moment forward in Jesus' name. Amen.